We got the game. That'll do. That'll do. Keep up to date with the latest WSL action and the biggest interviews. Him keeping an eye on our games. It just shows how big we're growing. Subscribe to the Koi Gig podcast stream on the OTB Sports app now. We're back. Episode 27 of the Football Pod. And I have to put my hands up to everybody at home. I am very sorry. I let the side down. I let the team down. We had no show last week. We had no podcast. Here, I was getting the blame for this. I'm sorry, Patrick, if you were. Point the finger at me. He's, your man's away on holidays again. And for once, I can confirm I was on the island of Ireland all of last week. Checking my phone for a pod update. All I could see was Tommy Sullivan himself. Oh, I felt bad about Drinking it. cocktails. A lot of cocktails. That's all a I lot of cocktails. Seen a lot of cocktails. That's true. That's frozen, true. frozen margarita, boys. They're my, uh, they're my downside. So, uh, yeah, listen, I got a couple of DMs now. And the, the tone of DMs, the DMs were all the same. Paddy Andrews never let the side down. You didn't give Paddy a week off after a stag. Uh, all the grief you yeah. get Paddy all year long and it's Tommy who lets him down they thought Andy Rod, might have Rod, done hey, hey Roddy Collins even did the pod when he was on holidays from holidays from, from holidays, holidays. Yeah. I got home from my stag I was back in Ireland about what felt like about 45 minutes and recorded a, a podcast with Rory <laughs> you weren't yeah. great no you weren't great people, people wasn't my back. big performance I must admit probably not I had been I was more energised than other pods I, I'm not, not going to lie to you but I made it happen. I made it happen. People people should go back and watch that episode on YouTube and just keep an eye on Paddy's face. Toretta. You can even scroll <laughs> through it. Scroll through the fast forward bar and watch him deteriorate as the podcast went on. It was a long one as well. It was a long one. Apologies out of the way, lads. I hope you're well and I'm all refreshed. I, I haven't got much of a tan. I've got a bit of a colour on my, my <laughs> arms here, but it's the same really as any farmer's tan. Um, have you had a good couple of weeks? Busy, 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 busy. busy. Um, yeah, it's been, it's been crazy, uh, but it's... Uh, yeah, it's been good. And it kind of settled down this week, which was nice. Um, yeah, so it was good. I'd like, I was disgusted. Like if Ronaldo in Dublin, I didn't go to see him. I couldn't believe it. I was there. I, I got to that. I, I seen the main man. I seen him. I was sitting at home watching the game. I was like, what am I doing in Balladrine here? Not in the Viva. But anyway, um, yeah, listen, it was yeah. a good couple of weeks. Looked unbelievable. Yeah, even the weekend sport there was unreal. You, never, you didn't make it in for the All Blacks game, Paddy, did you? No, I, I was at the soccer on Thursday night. All right, so I seen the main man. I, were, I could have went to the rugby, but uh, I was actually getting a suit fitting with my groomsmen and my dad and, and my fiance's dad. Wedding, get married in three and a half weeks, lads. Wow. This is a key question now, Paddy. So you've retired. You went yeah. to suit fitting. The last suit fitting you probably did was probably the All-Ireland final. 2020. Yeah. What are the sizes like? What is the weight? Same. I oh, honestly, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, a few Paul Flynn is there. Uh, Darren Daly, one of the Dublin coaches now. Yeah, I've been keeping relatively in shape somehow, despite all the holidays and enjoying a few points. Uh, I'm not too bad now. Yeah, it's your bike row ski. It's your bike row ski. Bike row, <laughs> uh, bike row ski ambassador, lad. Do three or four of them a bloody week. Are you? <laughs> Ah, oh, the animal. That's They're the only not- thing keeps me going because I'm not doing any football training as a golf. Fireside and golfing. Yeah, I have to keep the pounds off somehow. No, so I didn't get into the All Blacks on Saturday. I'm I'm not flogging any books like Andy. I've seen him on the on the tour around Ireland. Um doing some big sales, some big numbers for you on that book, Andy. <laughs> Judging by the promotions of it. Yeah, all, all I see is the every time I take a photo, my I, I think I'm getting the carb face is hitting me more and more every time I look at it. Like, Jesus. <laughs> you need to change your camera angle. Yeah, now, I'm, in the, I'm in the car too much. 
My dad, and then uh, I mean, college is a bit busy at the minute, and my my job is very busy at the minute now with uh, coming up to year end and stuff like that. So, lads, it's been a hectic couple of weeks for you, so I didn't get into rugby, but I did get to see CR seven in person yet again. Uh, yeah. You weren't going to miss that. You were hardly booing him, though. You weren't one of no, those that were God, booing him. Blasphemy. That's blasphemy. No, I wasn't booing him. And just, he nearly nicked it for them at the end as well. But uh, it was a great occasion. Do you know what, lads? Just class to get a... You know, I know the numbers aren't great COVID-wise, but, but just seeing the full house and the, beam and the atmosphere and stuff like that, and even watching the rugby uh, on telly on, on Saturday evening, uh, just a savage atmosphere around again. And you're just hoping that... They can kind of get a handle on COVID numbers and things like that as well. Because as good as it is seeing everyone back in the mix, it's uh, it's not trending in the right direction for us, unfortunately. So uh, we'll see how that goes out in the next couple of weeks. No, and it, well, it was an amazing experience, I'm sure, for a lot of those young Irish footballers and even the young Irish rugby players who haven't got to experience. Like, for a lot of them. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So uh, listen, not to be flogging any books here, but um, over the holidays, I, I got stuck into Liam Hayes' autobiography. Out of our skins, released back in 1992. He wrote that when he was 92. Playing. He wrote lads, that when he was still playing. Lads, he wrote that when he was the Mead captain. Off the back of, <laughs> the, back of the epic 1991 season. Yeah, yeah. And Mead had obviously drawn with Dublin three times and bet them with that Kevin Foley goal, one of the greatest goals ever scored in Crow Park. I remember it. And then you had, off the back of that, you obviously had the All-Ireland final against Down, where Mead nearly came back from the dead. Colin O'Rourke and pneumonia. For 10th game, time. Tenth game that year, nearly like Mayo's twenty seven. Quite similar, actually, to Mayo's twenty seventeen season. Tenth game. They, they played ten and lost. Tyrone played ten and 05 and yeah, won yeah. it. And then Andrew and his boys played ten in seventeen. Yeah. yeah, but but lads, this book caused a ruckus when it was released, and uh, I actually know that there, there's, you know, it's a this the book that I read was a 20th anniversary edition so little bits were kind of edited and, re- and rewritten and there was a bit of perspective put in and um, I know that in the months after it Liam actually retired about three or four months after this book was, was released and oh, okay. I think his relationship with Sean Boylan was affected for a couple of years afterwards and he actually stopped going to watch me games in about 1995 for I think a long time you're talking maybe 15 years he stopped going to me games like so he kind of broke his his connection with the team there. So it was really nice reading it back and you learned so much about it. But there was well, just a savage part why of did he do, Why did he do that? So he missed 96 and 99. Like. Yeah, I didn't he just wasn't, wasn't even watching the games on telly, just told he watched, watched them on TV, but he, he watched them in Lucan. In his in in his home in Lucan, where he where he raised his family, so he just his connection to the Mead football team had, had just kind of died away with his own team, which I suppose is, I'm sure there's a lot of players that are kind of, that are resonate with them that their own team is gone and there's a new team coming in. So, uh, but one of the one of the things that stood out in it is there's an amazing segment at the end where he talks about the end of that great Kerry team. So Boylan's Mead, that first Mead team, are coming in off the back of Mickle's great Kerry team, and there's a oh, segment sorry. yeah 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 yeah, yeah. late eighties just before the Mead-Cork rivalry takes off in 88-89. Yeah. But it's just, he savages the Kerry boys for hanging on too long. It's unbelievable. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> when you read it back, yeah. and he compares it to a Hugh McAvaney article when he followed Muhammad Ali towards one of his last fights and how difficult it was to watch Ali getting beaten by a journeyman. Mm. And he just said, it's always hard for the greatest to vacate their own altars. And for the Kerry boys... Some of his players, those who held on to O'Dwyer's every whim with both hands and refused to let go, even when their own bodies petitioned to be released. They limped away from the greatest sports story ever told on this island. A handful of them possessed muscles and bones, which may not dutifully serve them throughout the remaining years of their lives. And that's a pity too. But we shouldn't pity them. They knew good times, great times, 
and their only error was that they never wanted them to end. It was hard for them to leave the arena where friendships and egos and business careers have been built. It's always hard <laughs> for the greatest to vacate their own altars. And then he talks about Ali and he says, those Kerry boys, they took their time and they paid their dues with those final four defeats. So like, I don't know if any of the dubs are reading. Some, either, some, of, you, some, of, some of the dubs got out. You know, I don't know whether I don't know whether it'll be a 30th anniversary edition, whether Liam Hayes will be rewriting the words about the greatest back then. But you know, like it, it must be difficult to walk away that kind of moment when you're when you're in there. You know, I've I've like I've always said it. Um, any player, whether it be Dublin team, the great Kerry team, the great Kenny team, and Hurling, it's a personal decision. Andy said it as well, and I know we we have a guest on this week who who stepped away and probably missed out on. After years of service, missed out on, one, on his county, probably one, one of their greatest days as well. But it's such a personal decision. And, and ultimately, you know yourself. And some guys are ready, are ready to accept that. Some guys go early. I, I'd always do the example. I remember Alan Brogan retired for, for us in 2015. Um, one of his last acts as a Dublin player was to score an amazing point against Kerry in the rain to win the All-Ireland there in 2015 and, and there's no two ways about it Alan Brogan could have stayed on and played another couple of years and we obviously went on that was the first of the five in a row mm. but he wanted to get out at the time and um, I left f- finished myself Paul Flynn a very good friend of mine left and missed the fifth of the five in a row each player will know there's family circumstances there's there's professional circumstances with work and things like that it's such a personal decision and from the outside you can look and say yeah he should go he should go he should go and you can say on the flip side you go geez your man had two or three more years left and he left it's you just don't know you just don't know and and all you can do as I said when I made my decision I know Andy when when you stepped away yourself and be interested to hear what our guest says you just sound out a few people who you really value their opinion, whether it's your current teammates, whether it's your ex-teammates or coaches, obviously your family or your, your really close mates and just go, look, I'm thinking of doing this, what do you think? And I wouldn't be going asking the moon and the stars and asking everyone for it because you'll get different opinions and things like that. Mm. It's people who you trust. And, and, and to be honest, some people will say, I think you should stay on because they think that's what you want to hear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, I don't want to hear that. You want nearly give it to me between the eyes and they'd say, yeah, man, like you should go. And and, and then ultimately it's a personal decision. But uh, it's funny. Yeah, that, like that's very eloquently put from, from Liam. Very well, very well, well, well Liam, Liam is obviously one of the most talented journalists in the country. Exactly. He had a leg up. Yeah. He had a, he had a column in the Sunday Press every week, and I think during that Dublin, that epic Dublin saga and those Cork games, he was writing about the Cork and Dublin teammates, and he speaks about going on holidays to Canaries, and the Cork boys would be there, and there'd nearly be a war in the sand. But I think, oh, I'd have to dig what out. What a unique situation! Like that must have been. Like there, there's no one since in that scenario where they're a playing GA player. And right, he's, a uni- he's a unique individual, though, yeah. isn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah you hear like, like I, I know, like I've met him uh, three or four times. Uh, but like, like he walks into the room, you take notice. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, a lot of that main team are like that now. Yeah, he's a big you, unit. You, you hardly read. You hardly read that book, Andy, did you? Because no. um, um, there's I'm just 
I do. I just Andy's book. Andy's Andy's just copied and pasted a lot of. I was telling you because there are there are some actual there are some similarities in the way (laughs) he's been cut. But he's been rumbled. No, no, no. Here's one of you. Here's one of you, All Ireland's. Plagiarism, Jack said. I'm going to. I actually got to read both of them over Christmas. Yes. I, I yeah. shared you double. Good. <laughs> hey, buddy, you, you I buy the book. I give you a ticket. Don't worry. I'm not looking for freebies here. Like, don't get a care for that too much, anyway. As it is. Like. No, but I'll tell you a good one, right? So we, we were when we were playing. We've talked about Tony Mac, Tony McAtee in, yeah. the, in the pod before. Like, and Tony is just. I'd say I'm seven Liam Hayes now. Wouldn't be to be cut from the same cloth to be straight down the line, you know? Yeah. McAdoo said to you like, like if you co- your coach, you know, and I, I say this in jest and fun because I have a good relationship with Tony, and we always had a bit of crack. But he'd ask us, "What are you hanging about? What are you hanging around for?" He'd say to me, "I'm 33, 34. What are you hanging around for?" He'd look at you like, and you'd, you'd walk away. You'd have to kind of shake yourself off and <laughs> in the middle of training, like in front of oh, people, just after training or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We had a, I had a few frank discussions with him myself, and you know, during the old club scenes, and uh, yeah, that's a man we need. Uh, he wouldn't mince his words now I have to say no he de- no Tony definitely doesn't but Jan, oh, I like your birth though I love the honesty of that I love a person yeah. and sometimes it's, it's not you yeah. deliver right but it's just boom yeah. between the eyes you know? <laughs> the old boy was a bit like that though really oh yeah straight yeah, between yeah. the eyes well listen that's my mead mention out of the way and I, yeah I suppose I learned a lot about Joe Castles which was a massive thing you know what an, what an epic footballer back in the day probably passed someone like myself by a, a little bit you know I was born you know, a little while after all that, those great teams. So, listen, we're going to talk a little bit about the club action really, really quickly before we get our new guest on or our, our special guest on today, Keen Mackey. So, Keen Mackey is a former Calvin footballer, 15 years of intercounty football, won two championships with his club, Castle Ryan. But last week, he was man of the match in the Longford senior mm-hmm. final as Mullen Yachta, his new sense. club, his adopted club, won another Longford title. You'll all know Mullen Yachta from that epic Leinster run three years ago. But before we get to that, Andy Moran, Mayo football, always in the news. Always. Oshin Mullen has signed a contract with Geelong Cats in the AFL. What an amazing move for the young fella from Kilmaine. Kilmaine's the club, isn't it? Kilmaine is the club, yeah. Yeah, and uh, that one of the last interviews I remember watching them was they were beating in their semi-final a couple of weeks ago and you can see the blood in his mouth as he's talking to the Mayo GA Instagram channel yeah. <laughs> and he's given that, given that, you know, they just lost, I think, the Mayo Gales in that semi-final and, you know, he obviously signed the... A deal with the Geelong, with, I'm saying that it's pronounced it right. Yeah, like, oh, it's Geelong, but but it was in it was in the mix. I think for the last two years, you got two years out of Ushin, but yeah, we got to see how good he, we got to see how good he was. Yeah, and it just it just shows you when when you get chances in all Ireland finals, uh, you have to take them uh, because all of a sudden time doesn't wait for anyone. We got we got very lucky in a way. One of the good things from COVID is we probably held on to Ushin for two more years than we should have. Mm-hmm. Um, he, won, he wins Young Player of the Year in an All-Star um, in his first year against Dublin and Paddy, Paddy's last year. And then this year he gets injured and it was, it was a very tricky year for him. But he was having a great year up to his injury, you know? Oh, he was. But what makes it more, I suppose, more difficult for Mio fans is the reality is that time is catching up on, like just catching in on your Liam Hayes article, time is catching up on uh, on some of our great players. Um, like Lee Keegan at a Tour de Force uh, this season in the semi-final and final but Lee is 33 mm. a father a husband you know time is catching up there and all the other guys I suppose Killian's injury Aiden and when, when you're best young player then that's coming through in a long time himself Ryan Tommy and they're just it's cut off it's, uh, it, it leaves a massive dent and the problem is 
is that he goes, but it probably like in the next maybe year to 24 months, some of them other great players might go as well. So that gap becomes harder to fill then. And you don't produce, you don't produce a Kieran Kilkenny, for example, or an Ushin Mullen. You don't produce them overnight. Like, you know, they take time, takes a lot of work and away, away he goes and massive loss for his club but um, we all wish him well uh, we, we love the fella he's a really really good guy um, Joe, but he, he's made the look the image the, the attitude the athleticism he's made for professional sport isn't he? Absolutely <laughs> From the other thing as well and you're looking at like if he doesn't go, he's taken on the mantle from like Lee is still there and, and an amazing year kind of like say towards the end of the season, but, but guys like Keith Higgins and Downey Vaughan and, and I know Colin Boyle is still there. And as they move on, Ushin Mullen was going to be for the next decade the the main the leader of Mayo's defence. So he, Paddy. Along, yeah, along with along with Paddy Dirk. And he, he already seen like say two amazing years, obviously a bit frustrating from this year, and then the all earned a final. There was a couple it was probably a little bit rusty and things like that. But you could see an absolute leader for the next 10 years for Mayo. Yeah. And, and, and nearly making it seamless that you're losing a core of iconic defenders that there was such a strength for Mayo that Ushi Mullen and Paddy kind of carried a mantle there and it wouldn't be as bad. And then, then to lose him and that's the challenge for a lot of counties around Ireland. The, the lure, particularly after now, like the COVID probably kept a lot of people in-house and you see the impact Conor McKenna has when he comes back. Dublin had it obviously with Kieran Kilkenny. When counties lose players like this, it's so, it's, yeah. like if you're a supporter, it's it's a brilliant opportunity and I wholeheartedly support the guys to go down and do it. What an amazing lifestyle opportunity it is to, to, to go and do that. But if you're a supporter or you're a coach, yeah. you've got to be disheartened in a way. Going, this guy's we're hanging our hat on this guy, yeah, and and it's gone like that. And not only for his county, but for his club, for Mayo supporters. Um, but look, like an incredible opportunity, two brilliant, like particularly in 2020, young player here and an all star. What an impact! Yeah. Uh, and just just a. a Bitter blow for, for James Horn, I'm sure. And you look at, you've had it before with someone like Pierce, Pierce Hanley as well, who yes. we touched on before in this pod. Kieran Don, he was on only a couple of weeks ago explaining. Kerry got a year or two out of Tommy Waltz. They won in All Ireland in 09, but imagine he didn't go and he stayed. You know, would Dublin have started their kind of decade of dominance if Tommy Waltz was still there for his yes. best year? It's such a massive impact for counties and not just like every county, like Mayor, one of the biggest counties. It, it, it affects all, all the counties. I always questioned how Mead, like, not questioned, but lamented how Mead couldn't keep a hold of like a prodigy like Conor Nash. Like Conor Nash is a fellow who was in the Leinster Rugby Academy. They were mad to get him on a professional contract. But I don't think Mead could do anything at that time to... He was going to be a superstar no matter what he did. No matter what sport he played, he was yeah. going to be... How do you tempt a fellow like that when you're kind of dotting around in Division 3 and Division 2? And then you had Keane McBride and other young lad go over and, and, and trying to make it over there. And then you hear when Conor Glass comes home and he wins that club championship last week at Glen and he said, like Andy, he said, Conor Glass said, I wanted my AFL career to be 10 or 12 years. Like that is the... Look, it's hard to tell what way it's going to go. It's very difficult for, for players to make it when they go over there. But a lad like Oshie Mullen, you don't know how far he could go. He could go huge, but I think what's what's key for him is the club that he's went to. He's went to Geelong, and uh, a girl from the old ladies team is over there, and Rachel Cairns, obviously, Zach is over there, Mark Connor is over there. 
um, that gives good contingent there from already. Yeah. A good, good contingent is age too. Like what what has always struck me about Pierce Handley is Pierce goes over there at eighteen years of age, yeah. right, and stays there. Now Begley was gone. Colin Beggs was probably gone about uh, two years after Pierce went over. I'd say. And Handy yeah. stuck it out and made a career for himself. Like that is unbelievable. If that wasn't sport now, if that was just business and you were going over there making a career over there, and by 30 you'd done what he had done and stuck at a career that long and going over at 18 years of age, you know, you'd be in you'd be the, you'd be in the business, you'd be in the business post, like you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. You're a baby. You're, yeah. you're, a, you're an absolute baby, whereas you go over at maybe 22, so, yeah. 21, 22. Those you know, you can huge development over those two you or three. Can. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Whereas at 18, you're coming out of secondary school. Yeah. You haven't been to college, you're you haven't you don't know anything. No, <laughs> like, I, I, you think you know things, but you don't. And yeah. you make it. So I just think with Oshin, I just think it's going to like he is three, four years there where he can elevate his career. He can go after it. Them guys are going to look after him. Zach Tui set the marker for them at the club. Yeah. They're a real competitive club. They're right up there. Yeah. And like like I, I've said this before, I rate footballers in kind of percentages, the top five percent, and an athletic form and strength and power and everything that you need. Hey, and looks he's got oh, the X factor. I the best looking man. Yeah, enjoy him. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine that man in the best foot and the pink boots and the hair and the ponytail. But he, like he's top, yeah, he's a top five percent athlete. And the point Paddy's trying to make there is that your Mayo you produce yeah. possibly if you're lucky three or four of these every ten years, and he's one of them, and he's gone. And we've lost two in the last twenty, which is which is hard to take. They're the margins. Yeah. Listen, best luck to him. Amazing oh, class. Hey, you know, I, I, to see it. As a person, as a young fella, as a as a, as a human being, he's just, he's an incredible, like this is why I think there's, he, he can do whatever he wants because he, he's, I he's like, I know I, I, I sound like a dad now when I'm going to say this, but he's got manners. Like he, he walks into a room, there's no airs or graces about him. He walks in, he fits in with the group and he's just, he's just, he's just absolutely brilliant at kind of everything like he's just one of those guys so listen he can do whatever he wants in the, in yeah. the world and fair play to him can't wait to see what he does next right yeah, get him on the pod Paddy or Tommy hoping to Tommy, come on will you let's see what happens <laughs> that's, what this, that's what this last five minutes has been about where I'm just going to send it on to him see if can <laughs> anyways crazy weekend in the club finals um, we are getting Kim Mackey on in the next couple of minutes just to run through a couple of the big results Cara Finn have been beaten yeah. again um, I bet you my lock led by Val Daly uh, incredible win for the Black and Amber. Another club in Black and Amber, Cross McGlenn, were beaten by Clon Aaron and Armagh in a sensational comeback. Connor Turbot, I don't know if you remember Turbot coming off the bench for yeah. Armagh against Monaghan. Yeah. Oh, he was outrageous, but he had a big impact on that. Uh, Dromore with the McNabs, Lizard and Magpie McNab, they won the Tyrone Club Championship the weekend. It was destined to be really, wasn't it? Like Really was, yeah. And uh, Tullamore, they got rid of uh, yeah, well, road after a replay. Big win. Fair play to them. That was some, that was some comeback. Isn't, isn't it unbelievable, lads? You look at, like, probably from our generation, that the absolute pinnacle, like, road, kingpins in Offaly, and then Cross McLean and Carlefin on the national stage in terms of hoovering up all Ireland titles. And it just shows that, and, and look, we touched on it in Dublin in the club championship. We'd say Vincent's are out and won a couple of all Ireland, relegated to Division Two. Yeah. Amazing. Now, even the biggest clubs, with the biggest traditions, the cycles just kind of come to an end, and it's fascinating. It's unbelievable, even at even at club level, that you know there's an infinite period there where these group of players come along at the one time. Like Cara Finn, I remember some of their All Ireland victories, and I, I had struggled to see a club team play at the level they were playing at. 
and now you know they're struggling to, to win their, even their own county title across with Glen obviously that iconic team obviously 13 or 14 Armagh championships in a row Jeez, six or seven all over crumb run and it just shows everything comes to an end even even at club level you know for the biggest clubs in the biggest counties as well Clan Aaron were the big dogs I think back in the 50s and 60s but it's 50 odd years since they won a, a county title but like Cross had an aura about them. do you know what I mean whether they oh, Armagh was beyond so like we had uh, we had Radville winning in Carlo John Hessen with a late free to send yeah. Westmead final to a replay and then out in Cork, you had the semi-final between Castlehaven and the Bars. And it was live on the Examiner um, Facebook page, I think. But it went to a penalty shootout again, lads. But the, what yeah, I was pointing out in this game was the shootout between Stephen Sherlock and Brian Hurley. They were Sherlock going for top two. scorer, weren't they? They were going for top scorer between Both the two. Both and top scorer. I think yeah. Sherlock was just in front. Sherlock ended with 2-10 and uh, <laughs> Brian Hurley scored 2-9. Like, I remember the headlines were on John Hess scoring 2-16 and I think, I think it was a semi-final before as well for Lomans. But like, Crazy, crazy scoring. Unbelievable stuff. Listen, I think it's time to get our main man on. Keen Mackey is going to join us next. We're going to have a bit of fun. So uh, this is the part where I tell you to subscribe to the Football Pod if you haven't already, but I'm sure you have. And uh, yeah, sorry again for, for messing up last week. And We're back. Fun. We're back, baby. We're back. All right, you're very welcome back to episode 27 of the Football Pod with Paddy and Andy. Paddy Andrews is with me. Andy Moran is with me. And I'm not quite sure how to introduce our special guest this week. What I thought I would have led with Cavan footballer, Kian Mackey, but I think I'm going to go with the reigning man of the match in the Longford Senior Football Final. Kian Mackey, you're very welcome to the podcast. Uh, good to be here, boys. Good to be here. Um, yeah, I could go under a couple of different aliases. They're probably two of the, the better ones I could go under, I suppose. Two of the more favourable, Kian. Yeah, you're dead right. Yeah, without it. Without, without Child-friendly, we'll say. Longford champion. How does that roll off the tongue? Ah, yeah. Look, at any championship, I suppose, is a good championship, but... Um, Look, a senior championship in in Cavanagh and Longford, it's 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 not bad, not bad to have. And, and look at Mulnachta, Mulnachta are, are good lads, so um, it's a it's a good feeling to get about a good bunch of lads, you know. Yeah, what a what a group to roll in with. Like we we all remember Mulnachta's run through to win Leinster, and was it back in twenty eighteen? They Beck Croaks, yeah. the Beck Croaks, yeah, in like, Parnell Park as well. Yeah. Unbelievable. What what was it like rolling into? Like you obviously came from a setup like Castle Ran, where you'd won two championships in recent years, and was it 18 and 19 you won your two Cavan senior championships? Yeah, it was we were trying for a long time in Cavan. Um, yeah. we actually we actually got dubbed the name Andy might like like this but we were we were we were the Mayo of Cavan we were dubbed at one stage cuz <laughs> Paddy, you have manners. I'm not saying that to you. I'm not saying that to you. How many we had you after, lost? We were after been in the county final in 11, then 15, 16, 17, lost them all by a point or two. And then uh, we won 18 and 19. Um but look, coming from a setup like Castle Ratton, like Castle Ratton setup was was outrageously professional. You know, Donny Kogan came in in seventeen and and kind of gave us that extra bit of professionalism and and kicked us on. But uh, going into the Mullinock the setup, it was like nearly just the same thing, I suppose, because they were coming off a, a Leinster win, so they knew what it took to to go on and win championships. So like it was it, it was an easy fit, you know. Like I I'm probably blessed because like my girlfriend could have been from any sort of club. <laughs> You know, anywhere <laughs> happened to be from from the Leinster champion. So, like, it kind of it worked out nicely um, when we moved over there. You know, so it's um, and sure they're half Cavan down there. I could have got a junior club somewhere really, really bad, but look at it, it was it was just nice. You landed on your well, feet. well played. You landed <laughs> on your feet exactly. And uh, just could you explain to us because my my joke got uh, but cut off by the zoom there. I said that they're half Cavan anyway, Mullinachty. Could you explain the connection, please, between Longford and Cavan on the border there? 
Yeah, see, Gauna, who are also in the county final there in Cavan, it's a half parish, so technically they're the one parish, but they're in two separate counties and two separate provinces. So there's just a, a, a bridge and a, and a river that, that splits the two up. Like uh, Mullignac, they'd be a very small parish, and so would, would Gauna, but Gauna would be slightly more populated with, with a village there, whereas Mullignac is just one pub, a church and a school, you know, that's that's wow. all they've got, you know. But uh, that that's the connection of the two of them. And, and look, at, they've... They could have had two county champions meeting on the bridge. That was all the talk around the area, meeting at the bridge with the two county champions. Like I think it was in 2007, Mullignac, the one the intermediate, and uh, Gauna won the senior and the med on the bridge. It was a big thing for, for the parish, but just yeah, unfortunately. Gauna fell short, yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah they, should have, they, should have probably, they should have probably did it the first day of the Gauna boys, shouldn't they? The few missed chances at the end, you know? Yeah, yeah, look, they, they, they missed the boat, some would say, because they had a couple of glorious goal chances and and look at credit to Rammer, Rammer's keeper, he saved both of them, you know, and look at Rammer came back and probably just that bit more, they, they were in county finals in, in 16, the one, and then lost in 19. So that bit of experience probably helped them over the lines, you know, and and probably a bit of inexperience for Gauna. But look at Gauna's, Gauna's very young. They had a couple of 17 or 18-year-olds playing. So look, at they, they'll kick on. They'll, be, they'll have plenty of medals in their back pocket come their, their 30s. It's funny, we were talking about some of the fallen giants and I suppose the, the cycles that come around in sport when you look at the likes of Cara Finn losing at the weekend and Cross being beaten by Clonair and Vincent's being relegated down to the uh, Senior B. Isn't that right, yeah, Paddy, yeah. In, in Dublin Championship? Can you explain to us how a parish that's as small as Molyneacta or even a village, half a parish like Gauna, with, you know, with a village and a, and a couple of whatever? Like, How do you get the levels of... I suppose qualities to such a level. Well, well, in Mullignac, I can I can speak for it's, it's families. We'd say there's like five McGelligates there, um, and like one of them is the is the county is the chairman. Um, there's two Rogerses, two McGivneys, you know, uh, two Matthewses. You know, like there's there's brothers there all at the, at the same age. And look, at, it could go a, a very barren spell when all them brothers are mm-hmm. gone. There's not. There's a lot of. Um, there's not a lot of youngsters around the area um, at the moment. But... That's what you were brought in for. Yeah. That's it. in the big dogs. Like. But, but my, my lad's only four months old. So I think... <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, I, got, I got his age wrong in, in an interview the other day. I said he was three months and I was told fairly quickly by the missus that he's four months. You better get it right. Lack of sleep, you lose a few months there, Keith. <laughs> yeah, without doubt. I wasn't told it was this hard when I was told we were having one. <laughs> and you've you've settled in nicely down in Longford, and I know it's not too far from home. But um, you know, you you got in with the the team and you with the lads quite well. The the group there. Yeah, well, look at I, I would have knew them over the last couple of years before I even moved down there. You know, like I was I was back living at home when when I was first going out with Amanda. So I, I would have went out with them on nights out and and yeah. they're, and they're so good icebreaker. Yeah, <laughs> you get to tell everyone what you think of them when you're drunk, I suppose. <laughs> that that was an easy one. But look at they're 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 down to earth. They're, they're the same as look at every club team is the same. Once you're in with a group of lads, they're all bang on. But yeah. everyone's everyone from the outside might look like that. But once you're in with a group, they're all spot on. I loved Michael Verney's uh, Twitter thread at the weekend. He was talking about yourself winning county championships in, in different counties. It's a smashing honour. Like there isn't a huge amount. You could probably list them, I suppose, in a Twitter thread. And I'm trying to dig it out here. The amount of players. One of them. One of them was Frankie Dolan, who was uh, 
Man of the Match in Bally. 2002 for Ballymahan back Bally in Ballymahan back in 2002. So he was the last. I read a Longford leader piece the other day. The last outside player to win Man of the Match in the Longford final. So it was a, it was a big accolade that they bestowed upon you. You must have played well. Yeah, look, I don't know. There was a good bit of slagging on on Monday when we were having a few beers. Uh, I was being called Frankie Dolan because he came <laughs> one one and then left. But uh, that's kind of the, the slagging I was getting on on Monday. But I think there's actually there's a lot more. Um, in, in Castle Rahan there like we had Sean Brady and he won with UCD and Castle Rahan okay. and UCD then Ryan Ennis, one, yeah, a lot of people Moore Hill and Castle Rahan as well so that within Castle Rahan there's three men now that have uh, club honours with, with both Castle Rahan and someone else but I think UCC have a right few as well yeah oh, well I don't know I know. I, I see the the, count, the the colleges make a big difference there don't they with, with different lads going in with them. I think James McIntyre has a I think he won an intermediate in Mead and a, a senior in Cork in the same year or something like that. Or he was definitely close to one anyway. Uh, Niall McNamee is another man with a medal at UCD. Kevin Cowell won medals in, senior medals in Gail Column Kills in Mead, Mullingar Shamrocks in West Mead and Nemo Rangers in Cork. That's Great, good. Please. Yeah, so like, look at it. What an achievement. So well done on that. And best of luck in Leinster. You, you a previous on. guest, Rory Gallagher, as well. Oh, well, how can we not mention Rory? Oh, what, a, what a run that man had around the country. Yeah, to be fair. He's, he's about five or six, does he? Cabin. He played one league game in, in Cabin with Chris Law, and then that was it. Did, did, you play, did you play with Rory? He's like Zlatan. He was just going around every year, club to club. Did you play with Rory in Cabin? Uh, I did, yeah. Uh, Rory was a phenomenal footballer. Great yeah. kick pass with the ball, like in a great ball winner. Um, probably didn't have him for long enough around Cavan because as regards helping younger players, you, sh- you see him now as a coach, you know. So mm. like, if Cavan could have held on to him as a player for maybe three, four years, like he would have benefited young lads around the place. I was young when he was there. Like, and you have yeah. to listen to lads like that. But just it shows how, how he has it upstairs. He's gone on to be quite a good coach. And he actually coached us a couple of times with Castle Rahan, you know, like in his okay. training sessions, our, our top drawer. So well, he had, he had, had, about. he had Paddy from the age of 13 or 14. So Paddy was his protege growing up in Bridget. So he, uh, on and off the pitch. <laughs> <laughs> the carnivals. Yeah. Good times. Good times. So again, it's been a successful couple of years at club level. Um, so you're clearly keeping the body taken away, going on. Uh, when it comes to inter-county retirement, Back in January 2020, BC, before COVID, I'm reading a piece you did with Brendan Crossan in the Irish News and you said, um, where is the quote? I'm after losing it here now. Ian Mackey announced his inter-county retirement last week and says he's looking forward to taking random holidays and attending a few more stag parties. (laughs) It didn't uh, didn't go according. I did get... um, I did get New York at Christmas that time and I got Edinburgh on a stag with Stick Meehan from Calvin Gales and, and, and that was a good stag party but that was really it from, from the, yeah. the start of that but um, yeah look it's, uh, yeah I timed it to, to very close to the worst perfection you could ever uh, ever retire but um, it's the same myself King don't worry like, the, grand, the grandest plans was just got to go to this 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 and you spent and you went to every single one of them over, I don't over the last. That's only over the last three months. The first fifteen months of COVID, they're sitting at home going, "Why, God, I should have hung on, dragged the arse out for another year." Like, but uh, no, not the best. How did you find that transition, King? Because I know Andy obviously retired a couple of months beforehand. Andy picked a, made his time in a bit better. Andy retired the week before Dublin's five in a row game against Kerry, so he picked his <laughs> moment in August. Um, how did you find the transition to finishing up with the group and leaving the WhatsApp group and? finishing up with Calvin football? 
Because it was 15 uh, years. Yeah, you'd still be in contact with all the boys, you know, like, it, it, you know, in, within a county group, like you're in it so long, anyone that's there over four or five years, like you're, you're fairly close with, and you could just still be in full-time contact with them and, and they'll be spot on. But probably this transition of actually coming home and not having to go training or not having to go to the gym. And then after maybe two months of it and you start to get fat, you're like, I have to actually push myself to do something here. You know, and that's, that's the big difference having that little bit of drive before the club season starts to actually do it. Whereas when you're with Cavan or Dublin or Mayo or whoever, you have to be there. You have to go. If you're not there, you're called out, you know? So it's, um, that, that was the biggest thing for me. I, I kind of got, the feet were too comfortable on the couch for, for maybe six or eight weeks. But um, you, look, you do miss it. Even when like I, I done it and then Cavan went on to an Ulster. Like, so yeah. for me, like, you'd have the green eyed monsters. I told the boys like the green, you're, you're envious of them a hundred percent. Like you'd be lying if you said you weren't, but you're still a Cavan supporter at the back of it all. Mm-hmm. So for Cavan winning is still brilliant, you know, but look at, um, it was, it was one of them years that you just didn't know what was going to happen. And yeah. it, it just worked out perfect for, for Cavan supporters. What was it like in, because I know we, we touched on it, Coming up to well, Andy, particularly this year with Mayo, I haven't beaten Dublin in the semi-final and, and, and watching as a supporter and, and hopefully Mayo could, could have won the All-Ireland against Thrown in the final. And I had it myself earlier in my career. I missed out. I remember watching Dublin win in 2011 when I was on the squad and then it wasn't. So well, you'd had kind of the guts of, of, of 10 months from, from retiring in January to, to, to Cavan ultimately going on and winning the Ulster Championship, beating the Donegal that day up in, in the athletic grounds in Armagh. What was that like? Had you kind of come to terms with it by, by that point, or was it like Cavan weren't expected to win that game against Donegal? You know, what, what, what was the feeling watching it initially? Relief, joy, like say a little bit envious to a point. Oh, look, def- definitely envious. But the, the whole the whole Ulster Championship that year, I, I was doing a bit of work with the BBC, and mm. and it was just a roller coaster. Like yeah. we, we should have been like we should have been out the gate at half time against Monaghan, came back and bet them. You know. Uh, down should have had us out the gate at half time again, came back and bet them. And then we were kind of ahead of Donegal and we were playing our best football I've seen us play in maybe 15 or 20 years. And then Donegal started to creep back in and I was just like, oh no, you know, this can't happen to us. We're after doing this to two other teams. This can't happen to us. But it was just a roller coaster of a match, you know, because it, it wasn't over until maybe the last two, three minutes. Well, when I think until Mick Garrod got that ball, bombed it into the air and Pat and punched it into Conor Madden's pass. Yeah, and, and Big G wouldn't be a man for, for a big, long kick. He's usually like a good man to, to be calm and cool on the ball. And it was just kind of like, get it in there. And yeah. that, that, that worked for Cavan the whole championship. You know, when they were under pressure and their backs were getting the wall, they were losing by six or seven. They just let it in. And, and and the same thing happened in, in the in the Ulster final. But I remember when the goal went in, I had the, the headphones on me and I went to kind of run. I'm sure it near took the head of myself, you know. But <laughs> it was just it was an emotional time, like for everyone. Like like going into that game, like my heart was saying Cavan, but my head was saying, How do we beat Donegal? Like Donegal, all Ireland contenders, everyone was saying Cavan weren't weren't even Ulster contenders at the start of the year. And we were after getting bet by seven, eight points the year previous by Donegal. So, like, I was trying to figure out how do we match these big physical men? They're huge, you know. And I, I couldn't, I couldn't see it as much as I wanted to see it how we'd win. And then we just came out and we played outrageous. Like as I said, I haven't seen Cavan put in a seventy-minute performance like that 
in, was- in my, my recollection of football, like it, it, it definitely wasn't done. We, we play well for 35, 40, and then we let these teams come back and beat us. You know, we never put in, in my time playing against a big team, a good 70 minutes like them men put in that night in, in Armagh. It was brilliant. Yeah, it was totally deserved, and I remember, because we it was my last couple of weeks with, with Dublin. I knew I was going to be finishing up after that, and we were playing the winners. Uh, the following week, we won the, the, the Leinster title, and we, t- to be honest, we expected to play Donegal. I think everyone was kind of tipping that Dublin were going to play Donegal. And that sense, as well as Cavan were playing, you always just, I remember watching it because it was the same day Tipperary win a couple of hours beforehand and when their Munster title, I think, Jesus, this, what an incredible story this could be. And I just got the sense that Donegal were going to eke it out. Just by the time that down the stretch, they, Michael Murphy or the guys, they pull it out of the bag and then the goal goes in for Cavan. And I just, what a spectacular day for the whole championship with Tipperary and you guys winning the same the same day but it was it was that you looked at the game as a whole and, and I know in our preparation for playing Cavan in the All-Ireland semi-final in Crow Park a couple of weeks later it was totally and utterly deserved it was, it was a phenomenal performance um, but that you look at it and I'd say for, from that high for Cavan and for Tipperary and then what's happened to them since this season what a, do you have any sense of, of, again, kind of from the outside looking in, what was the massive change there for, for Cavan to have arguably one of their greatest days in recent memory to, to win the Ulster title and then the following year to just be so, so flat to ultimately be relegated to Division 4 along with the, the Reign of Munster Championships Tipperary. It's such a, such a drastic change in only a few months. Like. Yeah, well, the way, the way the league was, we'd say you had... You had... Well, we played um, Longford, Fermanagh, and um, was it? yeah, it was Longford and Fermanagh. And we bet Longford and lost Fermanagh. Like, we could play Fermanagh 10 times, and like, it's always tight, no matter how oh, good yeah. we are or how bad they are. It's a local rivalry, or mm-hmm. vice versa. And look, they pipped us, I think it was by a point that night. And then we went and we bet um, Longford. And then we went and lost the next game and put us into a relegation dogfight against Wicklow. Yeah. You know, and that was kind of if it was a full league campaign, yeah. I firmly believe Cavan, like Cavan are a division two team in my head, without a doubt. But like it was just one of them things, like the whole thing kind of the wheels just kind of fell off at one stage, we'd say, and then they lost to Wicklow. But the Wicklow game was the same as Cavan against Donegal. I was watching the game on a stream and I was like, Cavan are gonna win this. Like, we were yeah. losing, but well, we, we we were talking about it the week leading up to the game. Exactly that was going. It hasn't been a great couple of weeks for, for Cavan but they're the, they were the reigning Ulster champions they're not going to lose to Wicklow and be relegated to Division 4 and that was the consensus and it obviously didn't turn out that way you know yeah it just oh, look it's one of them t- that, that, that was, that's Cavan's problem we'd say for, for over my generation of playing we could mix it with the best but then we could lose to the, the weaker counties you know and that's the problem where the middle tier of, of teams are like all the good teams we'd say the Mayos the Dublins, the Tyrones, Donegal's, they very seldom lose to the weaker teams. Very, very seldom. Like one in a hundred. Whereas the, the middle teams like the Meads, the Cavans, the Monaghans, you know, they can always lose a game. Like I remember Monaghan lost a championship match in Clonus to Longford. And yeah. that was after I think Monaghan could have won the Ulster title the year before. Do you know, if that was a Tyrone or a Dublin, they win that game by seven, eight points. 
You know, I think that's the big difference between the top, top teams. They don't lose them games mm. and the middle teams. And I don't know if it's a, a mentality thing or, or what it is because you can up your game to play Dublin, Mayo, and then next of all, you can lose to, no disrespect to any of the Division 4 teams because we're one of them now, but we go and lose then to a Division 4 team. So it's just kind of, I think that's the difference, the gulf between the, the top four teams in the country to, to the middle and then and then the lower teams. It's just, it's a hard one to figure out. Well, I think the strength and depth could be a big thing then as well. It is, yeah. like that. You're looking yeah. at, kind of, yeah. sorry, I'll let you in but look, no, I just, like yeah, Calvin, I, was, like, I was just going to get it. Like, not only you, um, Keane, but Moyna, McFeezy and a few others left it, just that year as well, didn't they? And then all of a sudden, when you are in them fights, you, you might go on a great run like you did in Ulster in 2020, but then in 2021, where you need that consistency of performance, one or two might get injured and then you're struggling, you know? Yeah, well, that's true. The Cavan, Cavan have a, like a big squad of 33, 34, and maybe lacking that bit of experience, but mm. like, still the quality is still there. Like it's, it, it's baffling to think we're a Division 4 team. Like, yeah. it, it, tell, it, tell me about it. I need to... Uh, there week in, week out. It's, Andy's plotting your downfall now. To to play, Cameron, sure. like, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Get up to Division 3, I'm saying, right? Yeah, yeah but it's... Uh, no, it's a tough one. But just on yourself, uh, Keane, like, you were synonymous with the team. You, 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 you kind of play, like, your love for football. Did you have, like when you were a young fella, sporting-wise, did you play different sports? Did you, like, did you have any great coach in your club? Or was there anyone that kind of instilled that in you? Um, my, my thing was, I remember, I, I just loved playing. I wouldn't have liked watching football when I was younger. I just liked playing it, you know. Um, whereas now I've kind of more of a, a grasp of, of watching football and stuff like that. But I would have loved every sport, like rugby. I wanted to try and play Everton. Um, but then when you get a wee bit older, you're going to have to pick and choose what you play. But I would have played a lot of soccer and, and, and rugby and that. And look at Gaelic came to the fore. It always kind of is. Um, there, there's pressure put on to, to get you, if you're anywhere good at all, to, to keep you on board. But um, you're, like Yourself and Marty Riley would have played a lot of soccer. Like Marty obviously had um, had trials, obviously at Burnley, he was over in England. Did you, did you play? Who did you play with in, in soccer? Uh, I would have played with um, Balladuff, obviously, and then yeah. I would have played with Home Farm with Martin as well, and then I would have played with Monaghan United in Armagh City. But um, like great club, Monaghan United. You played with Monaghan, did you? Oh, great club, though. He signed, oh, con- he signed a contract to Roddy Collins, and then he. It was a deadline day signing for Monaghan. <laughs> there, he did an annulment. He did an annulment. I went over budget. They blew their budget on me, and that was the end of it. Then so. There actually was a lot of Dublin lads playing with Monaghan at the time. There wasn't many local boys now when I was there. Yeah, I know, yeah. And where are you used to playing soccer, King? Sorry? What position are you used to playing soccer? Uh, probably winger or up front or kind of, I, I was kind of a jack of all. I was put in anywhere really. But, um, number 10, no? Yeah, kind of a bit of a number 10. Like, But I, I believe like soccer and basketball, like you could tell a lad who played a lot of soccer when he's playing Gaelic or a lad who played yeah, basketball. Yeah, 100% pure spatial awareness like when you play soccer you want to face the play you know when you have a lad who's played his first thing is to turn whereas a Gaelic Gaelic player is he wins it and he runs out an extra three four yards whereas <laughs> like basketball players their backs to the sideline you know soccer players turn and open up the pitch like for me watching matches now you'd be able to say that lad's played soccer or that lad hasn't you know I, I think they're huge huge sports that like the GEA needs to learn from and, and Dublin definitely do a lot with basketball coaches mm. you know by screens and stuff like that from them playing you know it's yeah. <laughs> like the dog in the street could see it Like, but 
it, it's 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 not every dog could say okay you'd be surprised some of the teams well, I know that unfortunately <laughs> yeah yeah but um like it's it's things like that you know that 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 helps sports go on and, and when you say coaches it's coaches that bring different sports in to help a team on are like unbelievable unbelievable for for within a county would you've had that in Cavan? Um, not as much, you know. We in Cavan, we we need someone to bring in something brand new that no one else. You know, we need to be the one to, like, if we want to kick on, we need to bring in something new. You know, like Donegal brought in the blanket, and everyone copied it. Dublin then brought in their style of play, and everyone tried to copy it. You know, it's time for someone now to bring something new. And look, at it could be absolutely anyone. Um, but look at. Cavan have had great managers, great coaches. Like we had Peter Donnelly with us, Marty Corey at the minute. Like they're fantastic coaches and brought Cavan over the last 10 years on tenfold. Like Cavan were in Division One like a couple of times over the last 10 years. Like so Cavan football has progressed hugely from where it was maybe in the early 2000s, you know. Yeah, yeah. You, would have, you would have seen that progress throughout your 15 years as well. In terms of your own style as a footballer, Keane, like I, I would have... I'm a I'm a Mead Hill man, so it's actually right on the border of Kingscourt. So I would have gone to a lot of Cavan Club games over the years. And I, I can just like when I when I think of you as a footballer, you covered a crazy amount of ground on a football pitch. But it was the deft touch, it was the point that you kick, it was it was the stopping and slowing down and picking out a pass. Like clearly, and I know from listening to you here, soccer and basketball had a big influence on that. Your your ability to kind of pick a pass or slow a game down or or play even be be a playmaker on a Gaelic football pitch. Yeah, well, look, I, I, I love the, I love the kick pass in the game. I love it. I think there's nothing better. Like, Kieran McDonald was one of the best ever at it, you know. But like, a kick pass is 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 a thing, a, a beauty, you know. And if you can put a, a kick pass through to open up a defence, is better, like, and, and easier on the body than running seventy yards to try and get in the end of it, you know. So, I probably coming later into my career, probably started to go, like, I, I believe, like, as a player, you have to change your way of playing maybe three times within your career if you want to play over 10 years because the game changes, your body changes, you know. So like when I started, it was all about pace, you know. And then as I got older, I was like, right, you have to do something different here, Kim, because you're not as quick as you used to be. So then you have to start bringing a kick pass into the game. And I think that was the thing. You kind of have to realise that. Um, well, was that, Kim, on that? I, I think that's absolutely spot on. But it, it, was that something you realised yourself? Because not, or was that a coach that sat you down and said you re, you were out of the team maybe you're dropped from a game and you're going geez I played for five years why am I dropped and a coach kind of triggers that moment for you or did you just have it yourself you go look I I reviewed how it performed in last season's championship or that game I need to tweak it myself because brilliant if if players can do it but not every player has that kind of self awareness or that analysis of their own game to to realise that. Um, I, now look at it could have been I, I don't remember a coach saying it to me you know but it could have been said to me in a different way that triggered something with me going yeah something has to go on but I, I'd be self-critical at the best of times of my own game at times now some of the boys would say different you'd be cocky in the dressing room and I, I you know like but you, at the back of it all if you want to be good you have to be self-critical because if you keep talking about one or two good things you've done in the game yeah, one or two good things isn't enough, you know. So if you can remember every good thing you've done in the game, you're not doing enough of them. So yeah. like I'd be critical. So I I, I kind of would, would have said to myself like like you're not beating this man for pace anymore, you know. Like yeah, like lads are just as quick as you now. Like that kind of triggered with me going right. 
I can't just run alongside a fella and then cut it across his run. That game is gone. So then it was kind of like, get stronger, you know, get better at kick passing, you know. Get any tips Any tips on, on getting better at kick passing? Andy, I know you want to come in there, but is there anything in particular, any little tricks if a fella's at home or a, a girl's at home now thinking of the off-season and improving their kick passing? Just keep kicking. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, it's, it's practice, practice. There's no, there's no, like, any great science to it. You know, like, it's the same as a free taker. If you want to be a good free taker, you practice frees. Like, if you go into a pitch, get a corner forward in the corner and just go, look, at I want to kick ball into you for 20 minutes. It's helping you and it's helping him, you know, and, and you can do that for 10 minutes after training, 10 minutes before, and, and then you start getting better at kick passing. But like, all the good teams do all these kick passing drills all the time. Yeah. So you just have to do that extra bit extra to maybe get the vision in and, and see the passes. The, the thing I would say to you there about adjusting your game, I, I, I believe it's from playing different sports when you're younger. Um, mm. Because when you go and play Gaelic football, and you, I'd, I'd say you were a smaller player when you were younger, younger were you? No, I was yeah. a whole small. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So the giant at fail level. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah. That was the end of it. That, that's what I was afraid of. But uh, like, you, you play when <laughs> you're smaller. But then you go playing soccer, and you might be the best player. But in Gaelic, you might be a different sort of player. And if you go playing o- an, an, an age where you're 14, you might play 16. You need to be, so, you need to adjust it a bit slightly. So I think from playing different sports when you're younger, it actually teaches you to. You have to adjust each game because we all played soccer, we all played Gaelic, played a bit of rugby, handball. You could be the best player in one game and then you could be just the squad player in the next game. So you need to adjust all the time. And I think it's a mentality thing where I think playing underage sports, like Keane going up to home farm there when he's a kid, mm. like you're not going up there being the big dog. Like you're, you, you have to fit in. You need to, to work your way around and see how you're going to kind of manipulate yourself to get into the team. So you're always kind of thinking, I think it's a train skill as well. So I'm not sure if it's coach or if it's Anthem, but definitely underage playing multiple sports helps that taste Kane random one for you handball is a massive sport in, in Cavan obviously is there any other sports I know you mentioned rugby there as well there's no other random sports that you would have been fairly good at Pete Donnelly used to tell me you were a rat on the table tennis table who told you that Donnelly used to say you used to be taking 50 pences off everyone <laughs> it's tight to get a 50 pence piece off a Cavan man now, but what's <laughs> 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 yeah. We used to play, we, we used to, in the army barracks, go before matches and it had to be taken away. It started to get heated. There was, <laughs> there was matches going on and, and lads were getting agitated and you could be going to a league match and bad doing with each other over this table tennis. Yeah, it yeah. definitely... Uh, you should play it as a younger. You should have a club up around there or something when you were younger or something. Yeah, there's a club here. Now, I would not I would have preferred to play soccer than, than the table tennis, but I would have went and... Look, at, I was middle of the road. Um, I would have ran after Everton, even like if it was gone away, I'd run after be falling. And you wouldn't really be meant to be falling playing. But uh, would have played it. Like Ronan Flanagan was exceptional table tennis player. Exceptional. Yeah, I was a DCU Flanagan. He won, he won. I think he won Malisney, like as as a cub as well. Like he he was brilliant yeah. dad um, as well. But I don't think he played when we were we were playing in the barracks. He he just knew he'd take too much money off everyone. <laughs> Keen, um it's Blessington up next, isn't it? In Pierce Park, is it next Sunday? Uh, yeah, next Sunday, one o'clock. Yeah, one o'clock. Yeah. Right. Well, very best of luck at that on your on your Leinster club journey with Molly Nocta. Yeah. Brilliant to have you on the football pod this week. Thanks so much for taking the time and joining us. No problem at all, lads. Great Thank to see you, Keen. All the best though, going forward. Take it easy. Thanks a million. Keen Mackey, there. It was a, a rapid fire interview with Keen Mackey. He was brilliant, the former Calvin footballer, to take the time and chat to us this evening. He's in the middle of his, his Leinster club campaign with Mullen Yonokta. 
Jesus, I, I can barely get the words out today. Paddy Andrews is still with me. Andy Morn is still with me. We've got about 90 seconds left. And I just want to read out a headline because I call out a couple of club final results there. It wasn't an exhaustive list, but it was it was close to it. And Andy Moran pointed out to me that I missed the headline of the weekend. This is in Belfast Live. Uh, Kick'em Craggins end 67-year wait for glory and Antrim as Sam Maguire adds the icing on the cake. Sam <laughs> Maguire scored a late goal for his club as they won their first Antrim Senior Football Championship title since 1954. That's pretty epic. Meant to be. It's meant Rit- to be. Written in the stars, that one. But like, Jerome Quinn, Jerome Quinn does, uh, does a few interviews uh, does. On, on, his, on his page and after that game. And unbelievable. That's, there's some of them that just just have a, uh, go and search it. They're, they're, yeah. they're uh, Jerome's work is top class across the GA. He brings some of the best stories out there. One line I wanted to put to Keane I never got the chance to was, and I, I just, you can give me a yes or no on this. The GEA is too obsessed with GPS stats. Is that fair? Mm, I think it, I think it's being challenged a lot more now. When it first came in, I know I didn't, even myself as a player, you, you felt like you had to run the hard yards because that was what you're being measured on. But it's so much more in depth now, and I think the best coaches and the best teams understand it's just one part of the overall game. Because when I first came in, you had lads running. 12k in a game, they touched the ball about four times. <laughs> yeah, the quote was it was a unique thing that came into GEA. I know Keane would have had some absolutely outrageous stats because Jesus, yeah. he, he's a very he reminds me of Kieran McGeary, who, who we touched on this year with, with Tyrone. He was that type of player. Um, I think definitely there, there's, there's an understanding now it's a part of the overall game. Yeah, you need to depend on where you are on the pitch, you need to put in the hard yards, but it's one aspect of a really good performance to, to go with everything else that you need, your strength, yeah. your, your use of the ball, how you read the game. There, there's so many different aspects to it now. Would the Leitrim boys have to be worried about Andy Moran looking at the numbers? Between 5 and 12 maybe. Yeah. Between 5 and 12. <laughs> that's yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Say they will for January anyway. They're going to be on some serious hard yards there around Carrick and Shannon for the first four weeks of the year. Yeah. Well, listen, lads, thanks very much for joining us this week. Great to be back. Great to have you back on the pod. And thanks very much to everyone for listening at home. This has been episode 27 of the Football Pod of Paddy and Andy. Kim Mackey was our special guest this week, so I hope you've enjoyed it. Paddy Andrews, best of luck with your wedding prep over the next little while. I'm off. I've a busy evening ahead of me, lads. We're good to catch up again. Andy, We're back. We're back, baby. Best of luck with the book signings and everything else that's going on. I know you're, you're a busy man too. Thanks, boys. Thank good you. luck, lads. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.